The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at lifehousechurch.org. What if what you're focused on is keeping you from focusing on what matters most? What if what you see is keeping you from seeing what you need to see? Maybe your eyes are out of focus. And you know, when you get out of focus, it's, things get blurry around you. Or maybe you're not out of focus, but you're focused on the wrong thing, and you're missing what's going on in the periphery. Here's the reality. With a pair of binoculars, you can focus and you can zoom. But when you zoom in on one thing, you can be missing many things. And sometimes your binoculars can get out of focus, and as a result, you're missing everything, and you get blurry, and you get foggy, and it's hard to see what's going on around you. And, and then there are moments when what you're looking at is actually distracting you from what you need to be looking at. And so vision's pretty important. Some of you, you have corrective lenses. You're wearing glasses that help correct the errors in your eyes. And so that those corrective lenses help you see properly. Some of us, we need corrective lenses and we don't even realize it. Uh, let, let, me, let me give you an example. Um, there are days when I come home from work and you know, with little boys, they make big messes. And I don't know how they do this, but they manage to get every toy that, they, that exists in my house, and they manage to pile it in the living room, in the dining room. So when I come in, it's kind of the first thing I see is, I mean, it, li- it literally looks like a layer of just stuff. And, and, and so here's where I need corrective lenses. Here's where I get focused. I walk in, and I immediately focus on the mess, the toys. Now, Laura tells me every day that they've already cleaned up. But what I see is just the mess. And it's like a black hole. It just starts pulling me in and I'm like, ah, ah, and I just start getting sucked into the black hole of the mess, meaning I get consumed by it, I get overwhelmed by it, I get frustrated by it. And so I start to see and focus on the mess and wanting to clean up the mess or get the boys to clean up the mess that I can miss the moment. I focus on one thing and I miss the most important thing. And so I can get upset or maybe I, I, get, I jump in quickly to correcting Rather than loving, I see the mess instead of seeing my boys. And uh, I can miss loving rather than cleaning. And maybe there's a, a black hole that's sucking you and it's got you focused on one thing rather than the most important thing. Or you're focused on something that matters but not what matters most. Maybe you've got your binoculars uh, focused on one thing and you're missing what's going on around you. You're not seeing what's most important. I I think what the challenge with us is um, our sight can get out of focus. Our sight can get blurry. Fog can settle in. Like maybe uh, when you're wearing glasses and um, the air is too cold or too hot and it just gets very foggy. It steams up on you and suddenly you can't see what's most important. So some of you, what you see is uh, you're, things that distract you or you're preoccupied by something. You're, you're trapped in your doubts and it creates a fogginess around you. Or maybe you're busy looking behind instead of looking ahead. 
right? And it's like a, it's like a magician's trick. He's saying, look over here when what you need, what's really going on is happening here. And so what do you do with out of focused sight or to focus sight on the wrong things when you need to be focused on something that matters more? When your sight gets focused on the black hole of messiness or discouragement or doubts or fears and you're missing what matters most. So I bring you into a story that's found in the Bible in the historical books of First and Second Kings. And we're focusing on the life of Elisha. I want to introduce you to um, two different groups or one guy who's blinded and another group who's blinded. And it's actually the only time in the Old Testament where someone is healed of blindness, but not just someone, someone's entire groups of people healed of blindness. And so I'm going to jump into this story. Basically, you have the nation of Israel, where Elisha uh, is coming as a prophet of God. So he's the representation of God's presence to the people. And then you have an enemy army, Aram. And so that's where we're going to jump in. Now, the king of Aram was at war with Israel. After conferring with his officers, he said, I will set up my camp in such and such a place. And the man of God sent word to the king of Israel, beware of passing that place because the Armenians are going down there. So the king of Israel checked on the place indicated by the man of God. Time and again, Elisha warned the king so that he was on his guard in such places. So even though the king couldn't see where the ambush was coming from, the man of God heard from God and could warn him, meaning he gave him the ability to see what was not possible to see. As a result, the, the king of Aram grew very frustrated. Now, how great would that be, right? To regularly know that you have God looking out for you. To know that God is... Um, God sees what is trying to ambush you and God can protect you from unseen things, right? Isn't that, that the great point, right? That we can't see it, but God can see it and he can give us sight to see what is otherwise impossible to see. He can open up your periphery to see the impossible. He can give you better than 2020 vision. He can give you better than, you know, the, the vision that you can see in your periphery. He can expand your sigh. And, and so as a result of this, the, uh, the king grows, king of Aram, the enemy grows very angry. And he, he's saying, I feel like there's an enemy in my camp. There's someone who's sabotaging. They're like, who's the spy? And, and his commander said, no, no, no one's spying on you. There's this guy, Elisha, who sees you in your bedroom. Well, who's really seeing him in his bedroom? No, no, no. God sees him and is telling Elisha. And so what is the, the king's plan? Well, he goes like this, go find where he, Elisha is, the king ordered, so I can send men and capture him. Huh. The report came back. He's in Dotham. Then, then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They went by night and surrounded the city. This is, it's almost an entertaining story, right? So imagine this. Um, Elisha is regularly warning the king of Israel from the ambushes that the king of Aram sets up. And so when he finds out how the king of Israel is evading the ambushes and he discovers that the prophet is warning him because the prophet hears from God, he says, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna go capture the prophet. And so we're gonna surround this city that he's in, Dothan. And uh, I laugh because if Elisha is capable of knowing where the ambushes are of the king, don't you think that he's capable of knowing that 
King of Aram is sending an army to surround him. And so they do, they send, they send an army. And um, what's, what's interesting in the story is that as, as they surround Dothan with these chariots and this great army, it's not just Elisha, but his servant. And his servant looks out and he sees the chariot surrounding the city and he's overwhelmed, he's scared, right? Because he's focused on what's in front of him. He's focused on what he can see. But the prophet Elisha sees more. He sees something beyond what you can see just in the physical realm. And so the prophet, who is seeing by faith, says this to, the, to his servant. Do not be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. He goes like this. You're seeing, you're focused only on this. And you, you're zoomed in. And as a result, everything else around you is blurry. In fact, not only is it blurry, but it's blocked. He goes, so I'm, I'm praying that God would refocus your attention to see in the physical what I already know exists in the spiritual. He goes, and you're going to see that those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And so Elisha prayed that he would open his eyes, and the Lord opened the servant's eyes. And he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Suddenly, he discovered that God is not outnumbered. God is not outmanned. God is not outgunned. That God is not just fighting for you, but that God can open the eyes of the blind to see the impossible. To see that what is surrounding you is surrounded by God. And so what I want you to recognize in this story is first and foremost that you may be blinded to seeing what God is up to. And like Elisha, we need people in our life to pray for us that God would open our eyes to see in the physical what God is doing in the spiritual. And what is that? That's called spiritual sight. Spiritual sight means seeing what God sees and what God does. Some of you, you've got blinders on. Some of you are looking through blurry binoculars. Some of you are looking through overly focused binoculars and you're focused on your doubts. You're focused on your fears. You're focused on your problems and you're missing what God is up to. Others of you are so busy looking back that you're missing what is ahead. But spiritual sight is seeing what God sees and what God does. Now, why are we blinded? The truth is every one of us are spiritually blinded. We are, we're born spiritually blinded because we're born, we're born without the ability to see what God sees because of sin. Sin has blinded every one of our eyes in the spiritual realm to recognizing God. Sin is a spiritual blindness. It separates us from God. And so we go through life, not just blinded, but we're, we're in a fog. We're distracted. We're preoccupied. We're focused on wrong things. And God wants to open our eyes to see him. And so, you know, what happens is sin doesn't just leave us blinded. It leaves us surrounded by our enemies. Sin leads to, a, to death. It leads to a forever far away from God. 
but God comes to us. God surrounds what's surrounding you, and he, he's fighting for you even when you've got enemies fighting against you. What does Jesus do? He comes, right? Jesus is better than Elisha. Elisha prays that God would open the servant's eyes, and when the eyes of the servant are open, he sees the chariots of fire surrounding the enemies that are surrounding him. Jesus doesn't just open our eyes. Jesus actually fights for us. He comes and he, he takes on our battle with sin that leaves us spiritually blind. Jesus comes and he takes on our sin blindness. He, he takes on our death, our judgment, and he gives us new life. He dies on the cross for us. He rises from the dead and in the power of his death and resurrection, he opens our eyes for the first time to see God and to know God and to be loved by God and to love God. And that's the gift of God is to, that he's offering every one of us is that we would to know God and see God. And I'm gonna invite you, would you, maybe for the first time, your eyes are gonna be open to knowing God. My hope is that, you know, here's, here's the challenge, especially when you're watching, you're participating in an online service and you're, you're seeing it through a screen. You ever notice that when you, when you focus on the screen and then you look up, your eyes are a little blurry. It's hard to see what's going on around you. Well, it's as if we're, we're going through life looking at our screen. Now, I want you to continue watching, but uh, what I don't want is for your spiritual eyes to be blinded by the screen. And so my hope right now is that God would speak to you and God would begin to open your eyes to your need for Jesus. And right now, if you've never put in your faith in Jesus, would you do that right now? Would you say yes to Jesus? Allow him to open your spiritual eyes and recognize that he has surrounded the things that are surrounding you. He has surrounded your shame and given you forgiveness. He has surrounded eternal judgment and given you eternal life. And if that's your commitment, if you're ready to say yes to Jesus, to your eyes being open, would you let us know? Text the name Jesus to 81. 411. And when you do that, we're going to send you some resources. And with that, we're going to send you a link that you can give us more information. We want to follow up with you so we can encourage you as you begin this new journey of relationship with God. Look, what I know is that God wants to open your eyes. He wants to refocus your attention. He wants you to begin to see with spiritual sight. He wants to give you spiritual sight so you see what God sees and what God does. In the story, it's a, it's a really cool story. There's kind of two, two more pieces of it that I really want to help you catch. So let me jump in and continue reading. So where, where we left off was that um, the eyes of the servant of Elisha are open to see the chariots of fire surrounding the chariots of the enemy army of Aram that's surrounding Dothan. As the enemy came down toward Toward them or toward him, Elisha prayed to the Lord, Strike this army with blindness. Now, isn't that interesting? The servant's eyes were blinded to see what God was up to. Now, Elisha prays that they would be struck with blindness. So, so he struck them with, the, with blindness as Elisha had asked. And Elisha told them, so they're, they're continuing to advance, but now they're blinded. But this is a different kind of blindness, as you're going to quickly find out. Elijah told them, the, the, the leaders of this army, this is not the road, and this is not the city. I mean, this isn't where you really want to be. This isn't really where you want to go. Follow me, and I will lead you to the man you are looking for. They're trying to get to Elijah. They're trying to capture Elijah. He goes, I'm going I'm to lead you to the man you're really trying to get. That's the one you're really looking for. 
And he led them to Samaria. After they entered the city, Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men so they can see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they looked and there they were inside Samaria. Now, Samaria was where the king of Israel was, where the entire armies of Israel were stationed. So in essence, he led them into the center of the enemy's camp where they were vastly outnumbered, all right? But the key here is this, right? You notice uh, this idea of God's, of Elisha praying, blind them, now open their eyes. The key here is about spiritual sight. So gain spiritual sight, to know and see God. In this story, they're blinded. The, the enemy is blinded from seeing what God is doing. And then their eyes are opened to see. God wants to open your eyes so that you gain spiritual sight to know and see God. There's two different kinds of blindness in the story. The, and the contrast is of those that know God and of those that don't know God, and they're a different kind of spiritual blindness. So let me contrast them for you. The, the spiritual blindness of those that don't know God is like the army that Elisha prays that they would be blinded from attacking, blinded from doing what they had set out to do. And this spiritual blindness in the story, many scholars say that they weren't fully blind, right? Because they were able to, they were able to, um, come forward to get Elijah, but when they get Elijah, they can't, they can't tell that it's Elijah, right? So it's more of like a fogginess. Maybe they were in like a delusion, meaning they were a little bit out of their mind. They were, they were in a fog. They were deluded from seeing clearly. And this is what a lack of spiritual sight does for those who are far from God, is they can't see God. They can't know God. They don't know the direction of God, and they don't know where they're going. When you're spiritually blinded away from knowing God, you, you're lost. You're heading in wrong directions. You're easily distracted and led astray. Now, God uses Elisha to bring them back, to get them on the right track. So what is Elijah? Elijah is praying for their blindness so that their eyes can then be open to know, know and see God. So that's the first key is when you're far from God, the spiritual blindness keeps you in a fog. It keeps you in a delusion where you live lost and preoccupied and distracted from what's most important. Then you have the blindness of the servant of Elisha. He, he knows God and he's with Elijah. What, is, what does his blindness do? It keeps him from seeing what God is doing in the spiritual realm. He can see what's around him. He's not foggy. He's not living in a fog. He can go where he wants to go. He can do what he wants to do, but he's missing what's, what God's doing in the spiritual realm. And so Elijah has to pray that his spiritual eyes would be open so that he could begin to see what God is up to. All right? What he's missing out on, the blindness he's experiencing is that he doesn't recognize the presence of God and the goodness of God. This kind of spiritual blindness keeps you from seeing God's strength and God's steadfastness. You, you know God. You believe in God. You're just having a hard time seeing what God's up to. Maybe you're distracted by a sickness or a diagnosis. You're distracted by a crisis or a problem. There's things that are surrounding you and what you're missing, the lack of spiritual sight is keeping you from seeing that God has the enemy that's surrounding you surrounded. What your lack of spiritual sight is doing is it's keeping you focused on your enemy, what's against you, 
than on God who is for you. If you are far from God, what God wants to do is he wants you to open your eyes so you're no longer living in a fog. You're no longer living uh, in the delusion of being lost and distracted and not knowing where you're going. If you know God, he wants to open your eyes to see what he's up to. Under both circumstances, spiritual sight allows you to know and see God. My prayer is that for every one of you, God would begin to open your eyes in a new way. For some of you who are lost, so you can find God. You can see God. You can, for the first time, your eyes are open and go, oh, there's God in my life. For those of you that know God, my prayer is that you gain a greater spiritual sight so that you begin to see what God is up to in and around you. But there's one more piece of this that I want to make sure we don't miss. When the king of Israel saw them, so Elijah leads the entire ar this army into the center of the camp of Israel. And when the king of Israel uh, saw them, he asked Elijah, should I kill them all? Shall I kill them? No, don't kill them, he answered. Would you kill those you have captured with your own sword or bow? Here's what I want you to do. Set food and water before them so that they may eat and drink and then go back to their master. Listen to this. So he prepared a feast for them. And after they had finished eating and drinking, he sent them away and they returned to their master. Now this is the point right here. So the bands of Aram stopped raiding Israel's territory. There became peace between enemies. There became healing in the land. Warring nations now have resolution. What's going on here? here here's the key, right? For, for Elijah, for the servant, for the nation and armies of Israel. When, when we see God's goodness, we show his goodness. That's the key right there. What do they do? I, I love this story because it's, it's, it's such an incredible picture of how God works. You have an army that's after the king of Israel, and then when they can't get the king of Israel, they try to attack Elijah because he's giving away their ambush sites. So they surround the city. What they don't realize is that God surrounds them. And what is God surrounding them with? Right, he blinds them so he could feed them. He, he blinds them so he can lead them into the camp of Israel. Then Elijah prays that their eyes will be open so they can spread a banquet for them. Here's what I want you to know. Whatever God is allowing to surround you, he may be using to bless you. God wants to bless you with the buffet of his hospitality. It's his goodness that's surrounding you. It's his love that's capturing you. They thought, right, the enemy, the enemy army, right, the king of Aram thought that what was best for him and his nation was to capture Elisha. But what was actually best was to be captured by Elisha. The best possible scenario was for them to be taken captive by the enemy because then they could be blessed by the enemy, blessed by God, seeing with their, with their eyes open for the very first time, a buffet of God spread before them that brought blessing and peace. God wants to surround you with his goodness but he wants to surround you with his goodness to show his goodness to others. God blesses you with his generosity so that you can bless others. God, if God is surrounding your enemies, 
He's doing it so that he can show his love through you. He wants to give you spiritual sight so that you see what God is up to so that you can begin to participate in what God is up to. God wants to do a miracle through you. God wants to lavish his generosity in your life so he can lavish his generosity through your life. Look, right now, where, do you, where does God want to pour his blessing in your life? Where does God want you to put a buffet of blessing for others? Where can you participate in the feast of God to serve your enemies? One of the, one of the really practical ways we wanna do this, this, this week is a special week for us because it's our um, miracle offering week. Now, hey, don't just click off. Don't, don't just check out on this uh, online experience. Stay with me here. Um, we wanna invite every one of you to participate with us in our miracle offering. We call it a miracle offering because what we believe is that God has surrounded our enemies. He's brought us in, he's brought them into our camp. And now our responsibility is to serve a feast. Well, how do you serve a feast? This is the miracle moment. And so we invite you to participate in bringing meals to the feast, right? Which means bringing your best gift to this moment. Now you're joining us online, right? So, you, you know, there's a, there's a unique way that you could participate, which is you're going to give online. Look, when you're giving, you're giving to a miracle through kingdom builders. This, this miracle giving is that you are participating in the feast of God, helping us respond to the needs around us, right? In, in outreach and in, in global impact. And so this is going to help us participate with organizations that are involved in rescuing people out of human trafficking. Um, it's gonna help us get involved in those in the programs like Brooks House and Teen Challenge where we're getting involved in helping people recover from addictions. It's gonna, trust me, a significant part of this is gonna help fund uh, the launch of our Frederick campus where we're gonna see a new city surrounded by the strength of God, the love of God, and the feast of God's goodness. That's why we're going to Frederick. And so when you give, you're participating in this. Now you're gonna give online. But when, I, when, I, when you give, I want you to know that you're gonna, not only, I, I wanna encourage you, bring your best gift online and you give, knowing that that gift is changing lives, that you're participating in a miracle, that you're, you're setting out a feast for the enemies that God has brought into your, like, right, and I wanna be careful. I'm not saying that those people, people who are addicted, people who are trapped, like that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that every problem we respond to, every pain point we respond to in our city, every organization we, we respond to, we're helping people who are right now spiritually blind and we wanna see their eyes open to the goodness of God. And, and we've received the goodness of God and now we're sharing the goodness of God. And so you're participating in a miracle when you give to the miracle offering, you're gonna give online. But can I encourage you, don't just give. When you give, and look, if, if, if this is weird to you and you're like, man, I, I don't even know why they would give, check out all the different stories, all the different places where this gift is going. And trust me, you're gonna wanna celebrate with us how lives are changed. It's a miracle of God. But if you have the means to give, or even if you don't, and you look, you're just gonna go online, you're gonna give 50 cents. With that gift, I want you to join us in celebrating the good things of God. Maybe you're not ready to give, Maybe you can just make a note in the comment section. I, I'm gonna start giving in, in, in the new year. Or, or maybe you just wanna make a commitment. I'm going to give, but then this is what I wanna give, but I'm not, right now, I'm not ready to give. When, when, when that tax refund comes, or whatever the situation is, I'm gonna give. Look, all I wanna do is I wanna invite every one of you to participate in a miracle. But you have, maybe, maybe your place, you're ready. 
You've come prepared. You're gonna give online and I want you when you give, you're gonna say, God, I'm ready for a miracle. And, and so our campus pastor is gonna give you very specific steps on how you can give, but we just wanna take a moment right now and I'm gonna thank God for the feast of his generosity. God, thank you. Thank you that when we couldn't see you, you open our eyes to see that you have whatever's surrounding us surrounded. Thank you that you give us spiritual sight to know and see you, but God, you don't just give us spiritual sight. We begin to see your goodness and we see your goodness. We share your goodness with others. Now, God, through this miracle offering, I pray that eyes would be opened, lives would be changed, hearts would be transformed, that every one of us who give, we know that we're giving to a miracle. In Jesus' name, amen. We're believing that God's gonna open spiritual eyes as we step out in faith and take part of this miracle offering. You know, one of the organizations that this miracle offering this weekend is gonna go towards and fund is an organization called She's Somebody's Daughter. They're doing a great work over in Pennsylvania. They're a human trafficking task force that's literally helping individuals trap and traffic in that lifestyle out of that world of human trafficking. And we got a chance to connect with them this week. And they're believing that they're gonna see God do some amazing things. One of the things that they're believing for is that God is gonna open their eyes to, to new outreaches, to reach out to those who are survivors of human trafficking. Another thing that they're believing that God's gonna open their eyes to see is a awareness programs where they can reach out to youth and, and letting them know about the horrors of human trafficking. And, and lastly, this is what they're believing for. They're believing for financial provision. Come on, this is where we get to step in. We're gonna partner with them in prayer over those two things, but, but we're, we're, we're gonna take a step in generosity and respond to, to see spiritual eyes open by taking a step of faith and giving through the miracle offering. And so here's how we give today. The giving options are gonna be on the screen. All you have to do is go to lifehousechurch.org forward slash give, choose your campus, and then there's gonna be a tab in there that says, miracle offering. Look, everything that comes in through the miracle offering this weekend, 100% of all things that gets given to the miracle offering through the miracle offering is going to go towards all unfunded projects and organizations just like she's somebody's daughter. And so I, I, I know this to, to be true, that the most appropriate thing in the midst of a miracle, here's what we do. We worship. We worship before the miracle, we worship between the miracle, and we worship on the back end of the miracle. And so know that what you're doing today, you're taking a step of faith to open spiritual eyes, but, but you're also responding in generosity. And so would you, would you consider, would you take that step of faith in giving today to the miracle offering? And right now I wanna invite you, let's continue to sing this out. Let, let's prepare the way so that we can see God do what only God can do through this miracle offering. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.